As we said before Mass, my name is Father Mark Toops, and I will be walking with you and uh, serving us here at the Cathedral Family for the next year as your administrator, as we trust that the Holy Spirit continues to guide us, as we trust that the Holy Spirit has led Father Josh to Rome and to the North American College, Bishop Fab has asked me to serve you as administrator, to be in the office, to kind of keep things going, and to share my Father's heart with you for the next year. And so, by way of introduction, it's great to be with you tonight to serve you as administrator and to, to put some faces and some names together. I would have joined you uh, when the assignment started two weeks ago. However, I was in Irene, South Dakota for my annual eight-day retreat. It was a beautiful retreat, uh, a time for me just to kind of be with the Lord. And uh, the theme of the retreat was this transition. And the theme of the retreat was coming home. Because in many ways, the cathedral is home. I'm from home. I grew up about two and a half miles away from here. But the cathedral was where I received all my sacraments, went to Mass every Sunday here when I was a kid. In fact, we sat right there in the seventh pew on the right side of church. In fact, I thought that our family's name must have been inscribed in the pew because it seemed like it was reserved for us every Sunday when we came here. I remember uh, distinctly... Uh, on the way home, we'd stop at Jay's Donuts every Sunday on the way home. I don't remember where Jay's Donuts was by the old Midas on, on Barrish Street. And I remember Brother Alfred teaching me how to be an altar server at the 6.30 a.m. Mass before school on the first Monday of Advent when I was in sixth grade. I remember sitting out in the fountain in the front of the church with the big oak trees and talking to Tommy Fonseca about... Uh, but perhaps being called to the priesthood. I remember Monsignor's Newfield and Latino, and I remember the CYO lot, and I just have some great memories of this beautiful church because this place, the cathedral, is home. Not only did I receive baptism and First Eucharist and confirmation here, but I also received the sacraments of holy orders where I sat right here in the front pew with my dad on my side and my mom on his side and March 26, 2001, sat right here. I remember laying on the marble right here, asking all of heaven to pray. I remember stepping up these steps right here and kneeling right before Bishop Jarrell as he laid hands and there and imposed the priesthood of Jesus Christ in my heart. Rich memories here at the cathedral, and I'm coming home, and it's a real gift to be with you tonight. I also feel like I'm coming home to parish life. I've been a priest for 16 years. The last two years I've been away from the parish as I have served you and the rest of our diocese as vicar general and, and kind of coordinating our strategic plan, and while I know that that is inevitably going to hit a lot of people's hearts and, and sh- that's going to really help a lot of our parishes in renewal. It's certainly nice to come home. Uh, they call me Father for a reason. It's nice to be back with the family, and I'm looking forward to coming home in parish life. Certainly looking forward to being in the, the house. Uh, I feel like the cathedral is already home. I certainly have uh, a great love and affection in my heart for Father Josh. Uh, I would consider him to be one of my best priests inside of our own presbyterate, and I have a great love and affection for the way that he has served you as your pastor. 
Certainly Father Bryce and Father Cody have welcomed me to the rectory, and I'm looking forward to working with the two of them. You've been in great hands with Father Josh and Father Cody in this past year, and both Father Bryce and I look forward to serving you. So all of that is just a big way for me to say that I'm home, and I'm glad to be home, and it's good to be with you. As I was flying home from the retreat, I found myself recognizing a little anxiety about coming home, about leaving the retreat. Uh, the retreat was a phenomenal experience, but therein I have to admit that I was just nervous about leaving the, the tranquil space of silence and the sacred space of being able to hear God so easily and feel his presence so immediately and to be feel led by him so naturally. And as I was on the, home, the ride home, I was reminded of something that a really good friend of mine, Father Scott Trainer, once said. He says, there's nothing magic about retreat. Three things happen on retreat. Number one, we have a desire for God. Number two, God has a desire for us. And we're in a, a favorable environment for those two things to come together. Let me say that again. Three things happen on every retreat. We have a desire for God. Number two, God has a desire for us. And the retreat is simply a favorable environment for those two things to come together. And that's really good news because God reminded me on the flight home that of the three, two were coming home with me. I still had a desire for God. God still had a desire for me. And the first task of my transition home was to create a favorable environment in my life where those two things could come together. And the Lord reminded me that sometimes the primary initial work in the spiritual life is creating a favorable environment in our life where God can do what he wants to do in our lives. Let me say that again. It's about creating a favorable environment so that God can do what he wants to do because not quite sure about you, but this is the pattern of my own life. Sometimes this whole God thing, this spiritual life thing seems real, real easy. Sometimes I, I know his voice. I can hear his voice. I feel his presence. I can touch his mercy. It feels like he's leading me in my life. And it just seems like it's easy in this spiritual life. And again, in my life, what happens a lot of times is the exact opposite can be true. It can seem like God is far away and I don't hear his voice and I can't feel his presence. And it seems like my prayers are unanswered, and I don't feel like he's leading me. And when that happens, life feels a little heavier. It's more laborious, not only in life, but in the spiritual life. And I feel like sometimes I'm lost. Back and forth. Sometimes it feels real easy. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes God's close. Sometimes he's far away. Sometimes I can hear him. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I'm led. Sometimes I'm lost. And that's what my life feels like a lot of times. What about you? You ever been there? Because I think a lot of us have. I think a lot of us have been on the up and down roller coaster of life. I think a lot of us have been in that spot where God seems close and then far away. And that just gets exhausting after a while. And my question for you, if you've been there, because we all have been there, is what if God could actually say something to you today about that pattern? What if he's already said something in the scriptures and we could kind of reveal that to you? And what if you walked out of Mass today knowing one simple thing that you could do this week that might help that pattern slow down just a little bit? 
Would that be worth listening for for the next 10 minutes of your life? Today's gospel comes from the 13th chapter of the gospel of Matthew. And let's just first of all figure out where we are in the gospel of Matthew. This is the third major discourse, the third major teaching in Matthew's gospel, right? The first discourse is Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. That comes from chapters 3, I mean uh, chapters 5 through 7 in the gospel of Matthew. The second major teaching comes from chapter 10. That's the missionary discourse, sending them out. And the third major teaching in the gospel of Matthew comes from today, chapter 13. And, of course, we just heard the gospel proclaimed, the story of the sower and the seed and the soil. And we've heard that parable so many times in our life, and we just heard it. But I just want to lift up two things from the gospel that I think speak to this favorable environment that you and I are called to create in our life to kind of slow down the process of going back and forth. Number one want us to notice how lavish the sower is with the seed, right? Of course, Jesus is a sower. The seed is a proclamation of the kingdom of God. But just notice how lavish he is as he pours that seed all over the place. He's lavish. He's abundant. He's generous because that's who God is in his desire for all of us. He's lavish and he's abundant and he's generous. And God wants us more than we want ourselves. God wants to be in relationship more than we want to be in relationship with him. He wants this to work more than we want it to work. You see, he's just lavish in his abundance. Second thing that I want us to notice from the gospel today is, of course, that Jesus talks about all the different types of soil, but he talks about there being one soil that is more disposed to receiving the seed and bearing fruits And of course, Jesus is talking about this favorable environment in our life, right? The real work of the spiritual life for us is to create a favorable environment so that God can work. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in the soil that bears fruit. And just for a moment, what I'd like us to do today is to zero in on what does this favorable environment look like in our lives? What could you and I do in creating a favorable environment that actually might help us slow down the back and forth? I can hear God, I can't hear God, it's easy, it's hard. That pattern that we talked about earlier, what could we do? What favorable environment could we create that would help us? Three Ps that we can hold on to today. The first is pace, the second is presence, and the third is perspective. Three Ps, one more time. First is pace, second is presence, third is perspective. If you and I are going to create a favorable environment in our life so that God can work miracles, if we can be more consistent in our spiritual life, we need to look at our pace, we need to be present to the present moment, and we need to ask ourselves the perspective with which we look at anxiety. Let's talk about the first thing, the pace. It just seems like, at least for me, I'm the worst offender here that life is just too fast. Look, grace builds on nature, right? That's what the great saints tell us, that our spiritual life is kind of built on our human life, you might say. And if we're living too fast to be in relationship with human beings, we're probably living too fast to be in relationship with God. If we're living too fast and we don't have time for God, then we're just living too fast and we're not going to have time for God. We're not going to have the time that's necessary in this favorable environment where God can work miracles in our lives. But I think just a good question for a lot of us is why are we living so fast? 
how is it that with all the things that we have to save us time, that we don't have the time that we're supposed to, to be saving? Why is it that so many of us are tired? And again, I'm, I'm speaking to me, and I'm just maybe just inviting you to look at your own life. But tonight, I think we have to ask ourselves about the pace that we live our lives. Are you living too fast? Because what can happen is if we're living fast outside the chapel, then it's going to impact our receptivity inside the chapel. In other words, if we're living fast outside of our relationship with God, then when we slow down, try to carve out some time and listen to God, it, the momentum of life is just gonna, it's gonna make its way into the chapel and we're gonna have distractions, right? How many have, of you have done that? So you finally make time for God and, and you can't slow down your brain. And that's just because of the way that we're living our life outside of our prayer time. So the first thing that you and I have to look at is the pace with which we live our lives. Number two, presence. Presence to people, presence to the present moment. Again, grace builds on nature, and I think that we have to rediscover the arts of being present to where we are. I can't tell you how many times I'm with my family and my, and my mind's at, oh, at work, right? Or I'm at work and my, and my mind is some other place. Or I'm with a person and I'm thinking about another person. Or I'm with a person and I'm, I'm on my phone, like for God's sake, you know? It just seems like there's so many either distractions or diversions or reasons why we're just not present to people. But here's the thing. If we're not present to people, then we're probably not going to be present to God, even if we are in his presence. In other words, we're going to be distracted. Our mind's going to be somewhere else. And part of the favorable environment is us rediscovering just how to be present to wherever we are and whatever we're doing and whoever we're with. First part of a favorable environment is pace. Second part of a favorable environment is presence. And the third is perspective. Now, I had another P, but I was struck this morning during the proclamation of the gospel when two words came out of the gospel of Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus talks about human anxiety. And gosh, I think one of the things that every one of us deals with is human anxiety. We all deal with stuff. We all deal with drama because we all got people in our life and all those people just like you and I are imperfect and we're all worried. You might worry about your family. You might worry about your spouse. You might worry about your kids or your finances. You might have anxiety about your future or your past, but a lot of us just deal with anxiety. It's just a part of life. And the question is your perspective when it comes to anxiety been a priest for 16 years and I had a great stint in that uh, that journey I was pastor of St. Lucy's and St. Luke's two great beautiful black Catholic communities and I was with Charlie Mack and Charlie Mack a great uh, may he rest in peace saint in my own life said to me once he says you know Father Mark life has a lot less to do with what you're facing and a lot more to do with where you're looking one more time Charlie Mack Life has a lot less to do with what you're facing and a lot more to do with where you're looking. Well, you and I can be facing some pretty tough things in life. We can be facing some tough stuff at home or in your marriage or with your kids or in your finances, whatever. You can be facing some tough stuff, but are you, are you looking at that or are you looking here at the cross with him and, 
and looking at it through his perspective. Because if not, if we're just immersed in it and all we can see is ourselves, then we're just going to look at it from our perspective and that's where we get overwhelmed and that's where we feel lost. But if we can look at anxiety in life through his perspective, boy, that is a favorable environment for us to know that God is with us in the midst of it. Right, so our pace has a lot to do with this favorable environment. Our presence to people into the present moment has a lot to do with a, a favorable environment. And so too does the perspective that we look at anxiety. Now in the midst of all those things, I want you to just pause for a moment right now and ask yourself, of those three things, pace, presence, perspective, which one right now is the Lord speaking to you about? Pace, presence, or perspective? Which one is the Lord speaking to you about? Now this week, I just want you to ask the Lord to take you deeper into one of those things. If you go to my blog, marktoops.com, throughout the week we're going to unpack this and take you deeper in it, but you can just talk straight to the Lord about it. Ask Him to take you deeper into why you're so busy if you, you want to know which of those three is most important, maybe just ask the person who you love the most. Ask your, your husband, your wife, or your kids. Maybe ask them to show you of those three which ones you need to do. But just imagine if we all did one thing this week with one of those things. Imagine what it would look like. Verse 23 from Matthew 13 said, we proclaimed it today, it says, but the seed sown on rich soil, that favorable environment, is the one who hears the word and understands it and indeed who bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Imagine what your life would look like if you had a favorable environment and God was able to multiply his blessings in your life a hundredfold. Imagine what that would look like. Think it's possible? I want you to imagine a young man from a wealthy family who has dreams of politics and fame We should imagine a man who struggled deeply with anxiety at a point in his life and he questioned God. Does that sound like anybody that we know, right? And this man has aspirations of being an attorney. He goes to law school, graduates, top of his class, becomes an attorney, eventually elected senator. And as he's senator, those around him have political aspirations for him. Imagine this person. I want you to imagine this ordinary person, kind of sounds like somebody from our own community or maybe, who eventually has a, a deep falling out with his father over marriage and a woman. I want you to imagine this person. I want you to imagine just for a moment what would happen in his life if that person created a favorable environment in his life where God could work miracles. What could happen in his life? What could happen in his life? What could happen in the life of Francis DeSales? Because that's what we're talking about. You and I, hundreds of years after he died, are in Houma, Louisiana, a different country from which he lived in. And we're in a church named after a guy who just simply created a favorable environment in his life where God could work miracles. And not only did God work miracles, that, that guy became a saint 
and God yielded fruit in his life a hundredfold. Imagine what your marriage would look like if God had that kind of space and place and he could slow down this tug of war of being close and being far away and being easy. Would your marriage look better if God could yield a hundredfold fruit in it? Would your family look better if God could yield a hundredfold fruit in it? Would your spiritual life look better? Would life be better? Would you be happier if God could yield a hundredfold fruit in your life? Because that's what's at stake right now, this week. If you could just do one thing from him and creating a favorable environment in your life. Every weekend... 1,520 people go to Mass at the Cathedral of St. Francis de Sales. Imagine what our parish would look like if every one of us did one thing this week to create a favorable environment for God. Imagine what our parish family could look like. Heavenly Father, we lift up a prayer right now for miracles in our lives and the lives of all those who are with us. Lord, we give you permission to work miracles in our lives. And we give you permission this week just to help us slow down, to be present to the present moment and to have a perspective in anxiety, Lord. We give you permission to teach us how to create a favorable environment in our life. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen.